T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tailgate show on a non Falcons Sunday. John Ricky, Joe Patrick, our Falcons Insider no Reporter, and former Falcons star Harper LaFell. Half an hour left in our uh, short program today, and we are taking you to the uh, coverage of a triple header live on Sports Radio 99. The game begins with the Cowboys heavily favored in Charlotte against the Carolina Panthers. That's the early game. The uh, mid-game, the 4 o'clock window, Tampa Bay at San Francisco, and then the 8.20 kickoff tonight, our time in Denver, Colorado, between the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Broncos. All three games back-to-back-to-back right here on 92.9 The Game as the Falcons will get back into business next week, and we will be at the smooth lot uh, for the uh, home game against the next Sunday as the uh, Swabbers come into town. The Swabbers sit 5-5. Five and five. They also have the uh, the week off this week. Uh, and, and alone in first place in the NFC South, Tampa Bay at four and five uh, ahead of that game against San Francisco. Falcons at four and six, and Carolina, of course, at one and eight. And it's one of the worst one and eights you've ever seen because not only is it one and eight, but they traded away the number one pick on top of that. So, uh, hey, John, are you looking? Are you looking for anything worse than seeing all the hoodats with their shiny beads and all the hair and the wigs and the hats and all that? goofy stuff that they bring into Atlanta when they come into town. Are you, is there anything less that you look forward to than when the Swampers get here? No, 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 no. It's, it, Harper, I, it's, turn that, there's nothing more than I want to see them walking out of the stadium <laughs> having to, you know, rip that stuff off because in anger. The schadenfreude. You know. That's, that's what yeah, I, I, yeah. 
There was a time when I would, when Houdats used to remember when they used to wear the paper bags, uh, you the know, and yeah, and uh, and the teardrops. Uh, they yeah, would the draw, aids, a, right? draw a teardrop next to the eyes where, with the with the sack, the grocery sack, the brown grocery sack. Over <laughs> and I was there. sitting in Fulton County Stadium next to about a half a dozen of them with, with paper bags in their heads, and I said, uh, I looked over and I said, Hey, uh, you know what, uh, guys, that's. You know that's an improvement. Uh, you should yeah. you should keep that look. Yeah. You're doing us all a favor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. The good old days. Uh, yes. Well, uh, so it does begin the air quotes second half, which is the final seven games. In order to win the division, since you're sitting at four and six, yeah, pretty much, guys. Uh, Joe, you pretty much the math says you got to go five and two. Yeah. Uh, and to go five and two, you might have to beat uh, the uh, Swampers twice, and uh, then win three of four. Uh, between uh, the Panthers, the Bears, the Colts, and the Jets. It is a very heavy lift for the Atlanta Falcons because at the moment, as I look at the math here, the wild card is simply not something that's going to happen. Uh, And uh, so since the wild card is not going to happen, then uh, because you're three games behind with seven to go, that's just not going to happen. The only path to getting into the postseason this year is to win the NFC South. You might be able to win it at eight and nine. Which would make you, of course, four and three in the second half. But uh, you'd have to have a lot of help from uh, you'd have. And and next week's game suddenly, really, the entire season. And we'll talk more about this when we're in the smooth lot. But the entire season may hang in the balance of the result of next week's game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's one of those ones we were talking about at the beginning of the show. But you win it, you're back up at the top of the standings in the NFC South. You're in first place. You're Probably feeling pretty good about yourself at that point, but if you lose that one, you're it's it's almost over for you. Uh, like it, because the gap then will be pretty pretty large with just yeah not a lot of games to play. So what do the Falcons have to do to to achieve what they want? You're going to have to win all your home games for the rest of the year. That starts obviously next week in that big one against New Orleans, but then you have a game against Tampa Bay still to go at home, and then you've got one against Indianapolis on Christmas Eve. Uh, you got to win all those games. But what's really interesting to me about this schedule is those last two games of the year, they're both on the road, and you've got one that's on New Year's Eve against Chicago. That's going to be a cold-weather game. That's going to be a different kind of game environment in terms of just playing outdoors in those conditions than you will have had to play play in all year long, most likely. Maybe you get a cold-weather after New Orleans next week when you play in New York against the Jets, but... That's going to be a, a unique challenge for you. And then what will also be a unique challenge, if it continues to go the way that it's gone so far this season with these teams kind of jockeying for position and being really tightly bunched, is that game, that Week 18 game at New Orleans, could be for the NFC South Championship. And that would be a crazy atmosphere to have to play in in the Superdome down there. So you don't want to find yourself in that position. You'd rather create a gap so that the season's not on the line in, in that game. That's going to be a challenging one. Harper, how how does this team, you know, in, in terms of uh, you know uh, adjusting here, you always have look. Everybody's got injuries. As we mentioned, you know, you know, quarterbacks get injured, like Deshaun Watson, or star tight ends like Mark Andrews. The the Falcons have been trying to deal with the idea of losing not only a, a star player, but m- really the face of the team in, in Grady Jarrett. Uh, and the, the blow that is to this defensive line here, you know, you, you could talk about next man up, but sometimes there just isn't. And but you just look, Contavia Sweets, but you know, pretty good, but sometimes there just isn't, right? And is that a case here with Grady Jarrett that there just isn't? Well, yeah. Who's going to replace him? How do you replace a guy that's irreplaceable? You know, he's been the face of the franchise for all the things. But here's what bothers me about the first question with the. Uh, 
you know, what do we have to do? <laughs> We're going to talk about this probably for the next six or seven weeks. This is the most important game of the season. And we're going to repeat that. Rinse and repeat. Because, you know, how do you beat the teams that you're supposed to beat when you don't beat the teams that you're supposed to beat? I mean, we should have beaten Minnesota. I think we had a chance against Tennessee. Definitely last week against Arizona. That's a game against a 1-8 and team that, yes, they get their quarterback returning and their running back returns. But that's, you, you've got to win that game. Period. And we didn't. So how are we going to beat these other guys when we don't beat the one that, that we should? And that's that's my big question. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that other than guys in the locker room got to turn something on that they haven't turned on before and get a different result. And starting with the, the well, and to, to your to your point here, and, and Harper, I, I this is what Joe was saying, and I agree. You're playing the Saints; they're beatable. The Jets; they're beatable. Whether it's home or road. Uh, the Bucks, they're beatable. You've already done that. Carolina, they're beatable. You've already done that. Colts are beatable. Bears are beatable. Swampers are beatable. I mean, every game is winnable. Yeah. But, again, tell me the reason you do win it, because if you can't even win the games that you haven't won already this year, what leads you to believe that this team is going to be able to do that? And do you find yourself in a situation where some fans are rooting for you not to do it because they so desperately want to either fire the coach or get a new quarterback? Yeah, I, yeah, I, all that makes sense to me. Well, I mean, in part of the – well, what do I mean by, well, you should win that game? It's a lot easier when – I think it was – after the Jacksonville game, maybe Texas, that everyone on the schedule either had a 500 record or worse at the time, back in week five, week six, whatever yep. it is. But yep. I'm just saying, in terms of the remaining schedule, we don't have to face Philadelphia or Dallas or San Francisco or Seattle, right? Those are the teams that we don't have to play. We're playing the lower edge, you know, result wise teams in the league right now. And <laughs> We, we, we should be at least 2-1 and one in our last three games, and we're 0-3. And that, that just puts me in a quandary. I, I don't know how to turn that around in terms of a satisfactory answer until we see the team play next week, and hopefully we get a win against New Orleans. That's the thing is you, you could talk about this. You could, you could look at it through a more optimistic lens if you want, uh, and that's cl- clearly the way that like Arthur Smith will want to like frame all these discussions the way he talks about them with media and things. But ultimately, this Falcons team has just not been – consistent through 10 games that has landed them at four and six and having lost games that you very much should have won that inconsistency it's hard to just say that that's going to stop but that's that's what they need to do to right. win. like How's if they obviously want to get to five one. It, well right. we're gonna have to well we haven't we haven't done any yeah. of that stuff yeah it's like it's kind of almost by the very definition of being inconsistent it's hard to say that you're just going to stop being that <laughs> until you actually go out there and prove it on the field and obviously it, it, honestly, what, here's what gets me about a lot of discussions that happen with the Falcons is, to me, it's just so clear like what this team needs to do better to win games. It's not turn the ball over and be more successful on early downs running the football. If you do those things, you're going to win. You're going to beat these teams. But having said that, it's just a lot easier having, saying it than actually seeing the Falcons go out there and do that. They have not been able to do that through 10 games so far this year. Let, let me throw this out you know, you real quick. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Our quarterback, no. quarterback, quarterback. Okay, here's what he did in college. It's third and five. He got six yards. Mm-hmm. He moved the sticks. 
He went over the top. We had a big touchdown. We had a post route for a touchdown. How come he's not doing the same things that he did in college? And I get it. It's a completely different level of football. The window of missing is smaller. The margin for error is less. I get it. But that's why we brought him in is because he showed that he could do those simple things on third and four, third and nine, third and 15, and move the sticks and hand the ball off and lead the offense and get six, get in the red zone, get three. And those are the things that I think are frustrating for everybody. How come we're not getting any of that right now? We're not getting enough of it. We're close, but we're not getting it at the satisfactory level that we need in order to be six and four instead of four and six. Yeah, I mean, you could you could point to a lot of things. You know, the, there's an inability to contain running quarterbacks. We've seen that the last two weeks, haven't we? Check uh, the turnover margin, the Check. the lack of sacks, um, Check. the uh, offensive line. I mean, you could point to a lot of things here, but this really boils down to one thing, and that is the Falcons are four and six because of a uh, lack of quality at the quarterback position. I mean, that's really the reason, and so. Uh, Nothing else. I mean, everything else is contributing, but the real reason is a lack of production at that one particular spot. And uh, and unless you have any reason to believe that that's going to change in the final seven games of the year, then you can look at the final seven games of the year and say, how do you win five games? My answer is, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how you do. Maybe they maybe something clicks. And that's all. I think you're left with nothing but just a little bit of hope that something will click for Desmond Ritter in the final seven games uh, if it doesn't, then you're going to be – we said this at the beginning of the year, which is interesting enough. We said if Desmond Ritter doesn't do it, then you're going to be, well, we got to go get uh, you know Lamar Jackson or we got to go do this. And I was like, no, you're going to live with this, what you've done now. And it, and it seemed like it was going to work there for a while because at four and three, you were going, okay, maybe this is going to work where they just rebuilt the defense and you can lean on the running game and – you know, you could just win a lot of games and kind of play smash mouth football, Arthur Smith football, and then it's really kind of taken a really bad backseat over the last three weeks, as we know. And this team has uh, really been hurt. Maybe the bye week came at a good time, maybe for them to be able to kind of, you know, reassess and not just get healthy, but also kind of, you know, figure out where they are. But the the math is not good with seven games to go. Now, it, what it becomes interesting, though, is, uh, you know, Joe, that math changes you beat the New Orleans Saints next week. You win this game next week. The math suddenly flips in your favor 180 degrees, and suddenly you, you're in the driver's seat going to, the, to, to New York to face the Jets. The math flips, but I think more than anything, John, the mindset flips. I, th- I think that if you win that game and you vault yourself back up to the top of the division, then the, the, you know, the things that Arthur Smith is saying about, the, you know, thankfully the division is struggling enough that we're still in this that all of a sudden becomes a lot more real. And when you, I think when you're a player and you see yourself at the top of the division there, if you win that game, if you win it, um, then that really, I think, can really put the wind behind your sails a bit and carry you to that. Uh, and again, that's one, one of the reasons why this game is, it's almost like a season-defining game coming up after this bye week. The Wait for Dalegate Show brought to you in part by the Man Cave Store in Norcross. The Man Cave Store, family, friends, fun. Visit themancavestore.com. That's Man Cave Store, not the, just mancavestore.com. And you may need a man cave if you're going to be watching the triple header. You can listen to it right here on 92 on the game. We're taking you to coverage of the Cowboys and Carolina Panthers, followed by Tampa and San Francisco, Minnesota Vikings, and Denver Broncos. Back to back to back NFL games live on Sports Radio 92 on the game.
this song is so old that John heard it. Like, Are we going to be singing this at the end of the uh, Swappers game next week? That's uh, right, I don't yeah. know. I mean, this is such a classic. Right? All right, uh, it is the uh, final segment of the Wade Ford uh, Tailgate Show today, brought to you by Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer, and we're taking you to our triple header games on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Two questions that are going to be in this uh, segment, one from Harper Lavelle, which I, I don't think is all that difficult, but we're going to have fun with it in a couple of minutes, and then first this segment, uh, this question up first. Gentlemen, in every uh, professional sports season, college sports season, every sports season, there is uh, one play that you can go back and look at for better, for worse, kind of in a way encapsulates or even defines a season. I'd argue that in the first 10 games, the, the play that kind of defines the first 10 games of the Atlanta Falcons is the, um, the image, uh, Joe Patrick, of uh, Desmond Ritter waltzing uh, uh, unat- un- <laughs> yeah. untouched into the end zone and getting the ball smacked right out of his hand at the goal line. You, um, you stole mine there. You stole mine because that's exactly what I was thinking. If I had to come up with a runner-up, it would probably be on the other side of the ball of any one of these defenders just narrowly missing a sack toward the end of the game that comes back to bite them. But, yeah. You're asking um, so, mine? Uh, Harper, you, you sure. I hate to say this, but Young Way Koo kicking a couple field goals. Huh, Too yeah. bad there's not more of those. Yeah. But uh, you know, Young Way, yeah. he's so little and light. You know, the linemen pick him up and throw him on their shoulders. <laughs> he's like, you know, when when a cheerleader picks up one of the girls and <laughs> throws in the air. I'm hoping him he he does a lot more of those uh, before the end of the year, John. That would be uh, a real important turnaround for the team. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. Your, your lips to the football gods' ears here <laughs> to go five and two in this uh, second half of the season to win the division. If they go five and two and, and take, uh, um, you know, go two and three against, uh, well, I guess it would be three and one against the uh, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Swampers. Three and one against the Bucks, Panthers, and Swampers, and five and two would do it. By the way, uh, from a mass standpoint, it just would, and they'd win the division. Uh, but to do that, you got to do what you do best, Harper. So I need you to tell me, Harper Lavelle, what do the Falcons do best? Boy, we sh- we we throw short. We we get behind the sticks at third and twelve a lot. We do that. <laughs> we, we don't we don't get the quarterback. We really do that well. We let him out of the pocket as good as anybody in the league right now. Um, we got to run a little more consistently. I'm still not convinced that Bijan's the guy to run in between the tackles, but you know, find a way to get him out um, and up the field. I I turn him into a. Cordero Patterson type guy. Put him out in the slot. Let him run a five or six yard route. Stop. Turn around if they're in zone coverage. Let's see what he can do when he turns and yards after the catch. That might be an interesting way to get him a little more involved in the passing game. Um, and use Cordero. I, I, we, we, he's still got fresh legs, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And every time he runs, he looks like someone stealing his birthday. He just runs hard. He runs over somebody, and it's only for two so yards. Fun. So I'm hoping there's a, there's, <laughs> there's a couple of <laughs> bigger, better offensive strategy plays, and we got to go over the top. That's just period. I mean, we've got to be able to yeah, prevent, but, but prevent we, teams good, from playing Good luck short. with that. I agree. Yeah, with what you. else, no, John? Is there anything else on the list? I'm just no. I'm just trying to figure out what we do best. I guess is Joe. Is it just simply just you know uh, with well, with Algier and Bijan and Ritter and and Cordero? Is it just run the football? Is that what we do best? I mean, I th- I think it is what this team does best. It's I, it, that's what this team's identity is. I think they got back to it a little bit last week against the Cardinals. And interestingly, we saw Bijan running a lot more between the tackles in that game. Which I, t- to your point, Harper, I was skeptical about his kind of ability or how much the coaches trusted him to do that. But clearly, um, they. 
did that last week, and I thought they had something going out of the pistol formation in particular. I thought that there were moments where you have Bijan kind of lined up behind Desmond Ritter as you normally would, and he was running between the tackles from that, from that spot. But also they were doing something interesting where Tyler Algier was the guy lined up behind Desmond Ritter, and then you had Bijan Robinson offset, and you have the option to maybe do some little option stuff with like faking it to Bijan and then potentially to Algier, uh, or you could have Bijan, what they were doing was motioning him out, kind of doing this little sidestep shuffle outward and then from that point you, they never really exploited it but you could do some little stuff out of the passing game and the screen game from there so I think that they they may be on to something there in terms of getting that running game back to where we think it should be and what they showed us last year well against Arizona okay I like it but against the Jets that's not gonna that's work. different story. we're gonna be yeah, third yeah. and 14 again yeah it, good it, point you know that's just some teams it will work against it's gonna be a game plan thing but uh obviously and, and runs just some Post routes, let's please. <laughs> where a guy is going in the opposite direction yeah. of where you are, get down the field. Taylor tried to hit Kyle Pitts a few times. That doesn't always work, but I mean, you have to start to hit the explosives defense. in the passing game for sure. Explosive scoring plays. That, right, that, uh, that's, Arbor, that tunnel screen to John o. Smith is the only pass they've had. They actually the only scoring play they've had from outside the red zone. Sorry about that, John. Right, no, no, you're right. I mean, one, you think about it, one, 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 all year. All right, uh, Harbor, your question of the day is? Real quick, all right, Thanksgiving's coming up. Guys, my question to you, I'm buying jerseys. Who is your favorite Thanksgiving Day jersey guy that you would want to have? And I wanted to keep it a little bit closer to the year 2000 because mine would have been Lawrence Taylor and how he dominated the Lions back in the early 80s. Uh, I would have wanted one of his jerseys just because of that one game alone. But is there any Thanksgiving hero that you can remember in the recent past, a guy that has played really well on that fourth Thursday of November? Well, for me as a kid, I kind of grew up in the middle of the Cowboys, you know, America's team kind of era. And so I'm not going to make you buy me the entire Cowboys offensive line. So I'll just select one member of that offensive line. But that's one of the things I remember from those games was like John Madden um, <laughs> assessing the uh, the amount of butt sweat on all the offensive linemen and like determining, you know, who was the best player based on that. So I'll go with Nate Newton, who I feel like was kind of the Or the Larry guy Allen. Or those Larry guys? Allen. Yeah. Those, those are the two, yeah. basically the two guards from that offensive no line. No wrong answer. And uh, I would, well, a finalist was Ezekiel Elliott because of when he jumped into the big uh, 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 Salvation Army. Oh, bucket. yeah. Yeah. yeah when right. he did that, that was a Thanksgiving thing. John, how about you? Oh, I want Santa's coat. I want the big red coat. I want the Santa coat. It's a, it's a, it's at every game, right? It's Thanksgiving, right? Thanksgiving, not Santa. We're not Christmas. We we're talking about Thanksgiving Day. No, but isn't that where Santa makes the appearance, right? In the, the Thanksgiving Day games, right? He's there. In Philadelphia, he might yeah. be drinking a little bit too. <laughs> he might be getting throws <laughs> his stuff off. Got a little eggnog in it. <laughs> Oh, wouldn't it be sweet if they were throwing snowballs at Taylor Swift on Monday night instead? Oh, she's not going to be there. Damn. Oh, all right, anyway, um, the uh, the she Atlanta Falcons are back in your head. Yeah, yeah. Our song we're singing right now isn't a happy tune for the Atlanta Falcons. Let's hope it uh, kind of uh, shifts back to a love song next week as we take on the Swappers, and we will talk to you from. The smooth lot next week as we get ready for the first of the two showdowns against the hated rivals for Joe Patrick and the Harvard LaBelle for our producer Noah White. I'm John Fricky. All right, enjoy a triple header of action of NFL football today, uh, live right here on Sports Radio 92 on the game.
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 